Welcome to the Lynn Sanity, a podcast for the running. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lynn Sanity podcast a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And before we get into the particular podcast for today, uh, please, uh, you know, continue to listen to the podcast that we have, uh, whether that is Divine Rhyme, The Power Hour, the list goes on. Uh, we have plenty of stuff for you to check out. The Circle City Cinema, I know they are putting out content like nobody's business. Uh, do not be afraid to check out what the network has. And, uh, you know, look, uh, don't be afraid to give us the ratings either. All right. You know, I understand that we have a very lovely host on this pod who looks awfully good. And if you want to rate a five star Thank because you. of how that Thank host you. looks, Thank uh, you, please give Thank us a, uh, About a time uh, five I get out some five. respect around uh, here. Meanwhile, my co-host looks ugly. So if you want to rate a zero out of five. Voss, I'm sorry. Understand. I apologize so, for that. So so, so either way, either way, we got a, a good show for you today. We got a guest on. We got some excitement coming. Uh, it should be great. And without further ado, let's get into it. And uh, Bryce, uh, we do have a guest. Uh, you know, you did a horrible job of making it a surprise. Uh, but we do have the wanted only small market king, Devin Voss. How are we doing on this fine Wednesday evening? It is a privilege to have you back on the Lynn Sandy Airwaves. Yeah, back at it, man. Uh Feeling pretty good, just you now grinding out the work and doing my thing. So yeah, baby, yeah. How, how's the how's the region treating you? How, how's the county treating you, boss? Oh man, Morgan County is just is just great. Uh, got tons of great football, tons of great sports, tons of great athletes actually. So uh, do you do you have a team still still in it? Do you have a football team still in it? No, actually, they they all they all fizzled out here uh, uh, in sectionals, but tough, um, tough, tough. yeah, home market made it the farthest. So I, I guess that counts for something. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You can't beat it. Uh, Devin's been doing some high school coverage. He was doing triple option uh, for us, but unfortunately that's going to have to take a pause for now. Uh, but you know, in the Lynn Sandy, we want to have him on. Uh, we don't, we don't want him to let go of, of anything that we're doing here at the network. Uh, we love his input. We love his analysis and, uh, we hope you all enjoy it too. And so let's just get right into it. There's a couple of things that, uh, you know, we, we wanted to address. We wanted to talk about uh, before we started our typical segments. Uh, and that's going to be uh, a couple of things regarding the Damon Arnett situation and the Dalvin Cook situation. We'll go into that first. Uh, Bryce, how about, how about you for your first? Uh, you know, Damon Arnett was a player you watched in college. You saw the talent. Uh, but then, you know, this happened. I mean, how do you feel about this and, and what this means uh, for Arnett, what this means for the Raiders? Boy, man, the NFL is not looking too hot here right now, Caleb. A lot of uh, a lot of personnel issues on a, on a lot of teams. A lot of uh, COVID issues. We got domestic violence issues. We have um, Henry Rugg situation. Now we have the Damon Arnett situation. Waving a gun and threatening people, Caleb. I, I obviously not a good look. Um, I respect the Raiders for for cleaning house here uh, for the way they've handled the Rugg situation, and I. Honestly, the way they're handling the Damon Arnett situation, there is no room for that. You know, be be a human being, man. Be a decent human being. You got in a car wreck. Okay. Okay. It is what it is. You don't need to wave a gun and threaten to kill someone. Okay. You don't have to do that. That is a personal choice. There is no room for that. That just shows the character. Um, 
super unfortunate for another first round pick wasted uh, by, by the Raiders. Maybe they should do a little more homework before they start just drafting guys here. Devin, you have any additional thoughts to that? Yeah, I mean, it really is unfortunate. I mean, Bryce, Bryce kind of hit on it. There's tons of issues going on right now in the NFL. And, um, whether it's just kind of one of those freak years or, or something seriously needs to be addressed within the league. Um, it, it has been kind of a whirlwind, kind of crazy that it's all, a lot of it's revolving around the Raiders makes you think of how, you know, they're being run with Mike Mayock. But, uh, other than that, it just, it just, you know, it sucks to see first round talents, you know, fizzle out like that. It's, it's, it sucks that, you know, it has to happen that way, but yeah, I mean, you gotta learn. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Mike Mayock shouldn't be there anymore. He should be getting out of town. Oh boy. In, fact, oh boy. in fact, I'd argue he should get the sack. You know, oh this boy. is absolutely atrocious that he is still there. You know, this organization needs to move on from this regime. Okay. I mean, the fact is, you know, there could be an argument that Mike Mayock might not even be there. Okay. Unless John Gruden was hired in the first place. The fact is Mike Mayock's got no business being there. And this, this, this is just showing even more of, you know, the concerns that I have in terms of how they're evaluating their talent, how they're evaluating the players that they want to evaluate uh, this this dates back to Richie Incognito and the list goes on okay I, I have no doubt in my mind that you know in an incident like this they they made the right decision they didn't waste their time they said okay you know enough's enough uh, we're going to move on uh, but there is a bigger problem in this and there's a problem that has to be addressed that's that's bigger than just cutting players uh, there's a, a denominator in each of these situations now and, and that's Mike Mayock. And, and in my opinion, there, there has to be something that's addressed. And, you know, I, I would do it now, but I, I think they got to do it uh, at the end of the season uh, at the latest. Uh, next up, uh, the Dalvin Cook situation, uh, which is, uh, you know, still progressing. We're still trying to figure out the whole situation. Um, you know, Dalvin uh, was claimed uh, that, you know, for, for, you know, being, you know, in a situation where assault, you know, you have uh, his his girlfriend person he was in a relationship with uh, who seemed to believe that Dalvin uh, was attacking her. Uh, so there's just a lot of, uh, you know, there's two sides here. Um, a lot of claims. There's going to be more of an investigation, uh, I would have to think. Uh, it seems as if the NFL is going to allow Dalvin Cook to play. Uh, what's happening with Dalvin Cook uh, is not something that can be put in the commissioner's exemplus, which if you don't know what the commissioner's exemplus is, that means it's like one of those things where you basically are like, okay, you are exempted from not being able to play because the NFL is investigating something or the NFL is uh, still trying to figure something out. Well, in this case, Dalvin is not in that list. There's still plans for him to play and everything. So we'll start off with Bryce here again. Bryce, I mean, this is a player you and I have talked about being, you know, arguably one of the best training backs in the NFL. Um, the Vikings as an organization, uh, you know, I put a lot into him. I mean, this is, you know, a really difficult situation and we're still trying to find out a lot. But given what you know, what do you think about it all? Well, I mean, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy and a lot of theories out there. Um, you know, we, we we saw we read the the Adam Schefter conspiracy theory about the whole situation that maybe Dalvin Cook's agent wanted to get ahead of it, uh, muddy the waters a little bit, create some confusion so it doesn't look as bad on his client. I don't know if that's necessarily true. We've seen pictures of his of what whatever relationship this is to him, a girlfriend, fiance. I don't know. 
Um, whether those are real or fake, are the messages that Dalvin Cook sent real or fake? Um, we do know, I think we know for a fact, I think we know for a fact that she entered his home and maced him and punched him. I don't know. Um, I am very disappointed in the NFL. I, I, I'm so disappointed with the Deshaun Watson issue and, and now with this issue. Okay. So if Deshaun Watson wanted to play today, I think he'd be allowed to, which is a joke. It's a total joke. It, and it's also a joke that Dalvin Cook is, is able to play in this. I think he should, he should be put on the exempt list. Let's gather the facts. Let's gather the information. And then if, if, if it comes back clean, then you let him play. But they need to grab, they need to get a hold on this. Goodell needs to quit being soft. He needs to investigate harder on this. He needs to let authorities do their jobs and learn from them and not have these stupid internal investigations that turn up with nothing. You're telling me the Washington football team, there are not more emails out there. Right. I, I think not. I think not. It's a total joke. It's a total joke that we're in this situation and they're going to fumble the bag on this again. Dalvin Cook should not play this Sunday. That is all I know for an absolute fact. Caleb Lynn. Uh, and and Devin, he, the thing that I, you know, I'm a little bit more details, right? So, you know, she accused this, this uh, girl who identified herself as Graceland Trimble. Uh, you know, you can find this in Adam Schefter's story. Uh, she was a sergeant in the U.S. Army. Okay. She flew up to, she flew to Minnesota with the intent of saying, Dalvin, I'm, I'm not going to be in a relationship with you. We're, we're not, this isn't happening. Um, you know, she accused Cook of a, a concussion, uh, a scar, uh, you know, whole nine yards. Uh, but then, you know, here we are, um, you know, she returns to Florida later. And, you know, when, when she was asked about these injuries where, you know, you can find pictures, uh, I would uh, just recommend it's, it's not uh, the, the, the prettiest thing to see, but if you want to see those pictures, those pictures are available, I believe through Adam Schefter's Twitter. Uh, but if you look at, you know, some of these pictures, it does not obviously look good, uh, but she was told, she told the, the, the medical personnel when she came back, she said this happened from an ATV accident. This didn't happen. So so it just seems as if there's so much to unpack, Devin, that we just simply don't know. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, part of me is thinking to myself, OK, you know, I, do I feel like he should be put on the exempt list? Yes. But it's it's really hard for me simply because we just we just don't know. We don't know the sides. We don't know at this point it is all claims. Okay, we just in my opinion, I agree with Bryce. The NFL needs to be doing something about this, but I don't exactly know what it is. Can you pinpoint what that could be like, Devin? No, I mean I'm as clueless as you guys are. I mean I, I feel like this is a situation where all the facts need to be gathered. Um, you know, and, and in a lot of senses, you know with dealing with domestic violence and, you know, rightfully so, you know, the, the, uh, victim me is, is always the one that, you know, should be looked upon first, but we're in an instance here where there's two people claiming to be victims. Right. So, um, it, it's, it's definitely a very complicated situation. Uh, one that I think will be sorted out, you know, kind of in a, uh, hopefully in a, sh- in a short manner, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. I, I think he needs, he needs to go onto the list because I mean, the, there's just not enough information right now to know, you know, who did what and, and whatnot. And exactly. I mean, if, if he doesn't, you know, if he turns out to be innocent or if he was the one who was, uh, abused in this instance, 
uh, yeah, I mean, obviously let him play again. Um, I, I just think there's just too much information being thrown around. I, I think investigation needs to be thorough and conducted, uh, figure out the evidence or at least just gather enough evidence to, you know, kind of confirm or, you know, figure out what's going on between either way. I agree. I agree. And and I think the part that that kind of makes me a little bit disappointed is, you know, I understand at this point we're talking about claims. We're talking about things that we're just simply not sure of. But the Minnesota Vikings haven't came out with a statement about any of this. Yeah, that, that's a uh, good their, point. Their team is not their team has not came out and said anything. this, which I mean, you know, obviously he's not. We, he's not guilty right now. Okay. I mean, that has to be important when talking about this, but I'm shocked that Minnesota has not said, you know, Hey, um, you know, this is an investigation that's going on with, with our running back. Um, you know, this is something that we as the Vikings want to try to figure out and, and handle in the best way. I'm shocked that hasn't been said. Um, I, I just think that's a, a little puzzling. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe they just want it. Maybe they think it's going to, um, you know, be investigated quickly. I'm not sure. As far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, hopefully this can get fixed and the NFL can can step up and take uh, leadership in this to figure out what's going on, uh, that the that law enforcement can do whatever it needs to do uh, in order to figure out the situation correctly. And uh, we'll, we'll move on here uh, to to our, you know, our typical show with Get the Sack, Offensive Player of the Week, Defensive Player of the Week. And, you know, for the Get the Sack, uh, I am very excited to bring on uh, a special guest, in fact. He, he wanted to come in, and he has got something cooking up. He's been cooking it up in that oven. Uh, Alex Burr. Alex, it is a privilege to have you on the Lid Sanity to come in and uh, hop in on these segments, brother. And and I want, I'm not even going to say too much more because you, my friend, have plenty to say about a Get the Sack candidate. Well, first of all, um, your points on Mayock were exactly what I would say. That dude, he needs to get the sack. What a terrible judge of character character because I mean the rugs thing you know to be fair it's hard to see that coming <laughs> I mean the Arnett thing you know that behavior like that can be a, a little more I don't, like you could just NFL teams know what kind of guys they're bringing into their locker rooms and they know if they're going to get in trouble or not and frankly you know and I, I don't know those guys probably shouldn't be picked in the first round that's just my money though my get the sack coach candidate and I've heard I've been told this is going to ruffle some feathers <laughs> I believe Kyle Shanahan should oh, get the sack. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh Bryce. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> realize, no. Why are we doing this? Because Bryce, his teams suck. Oh. Do you realize right now his winning percentage is lower than Rex Ryan's? Oh, come on. This it's, is... lower, it's lower than Joe Philbin's? <laughs> Adam Gase? I'm Mike okay. Singletary? <laughs> Matt okay. Nagy? Matt Nagy has a better winning percentage than than Shanahan. Wow. And we hear all this talk about he, how he's an offensive genius. But the defense has carried them for years now. They have, like, this defense is legendary. Not legendary, but they're really good. This week, they lost to Colt McCoy. <laughs> Okay. Shout out to shout out to Texas in the mid to, mid to late two thousands, but this ain't that. He lost to Colt McCoy, <laughs> and listen, it's just bad because the only three wins they've had this year. Oh, let me pull up their schedule again because I had this memorized and I forgot. But they beat the Bears. Okay, they've beaten the Eagles and the Lions, and in that game against the Lions, lest we forget. 
I don't remember how many points, but the Lions went on a second half tear and they made it a game at the end of the game. So they've had three less than impressive wins and you look forward at their schedule. They got the Rams next week. That's a definite loss. They got the Jags the week after who given what happened in Buffalo last week, I'm not going to say for sure, <laughs> but I mean, it's the Jags. So that's are the, the, Niners. I'll give them that one. The Vikings, that's probably a loss for the Niners. The Seahawks, probably a loss seeing as Russell will be back and they'll be on a tear by then, probably. The Bengals, I chalked it up as a loss. The Falcons at this point, a sentence I would not have thought I would be saying <laughs> before the season. The Falcons are going to give them a game in week 15. Then they have the Titans, which will be a definite loss. And then you have <laughs> you finish the season with Houston, probably a win. And then LA, which is probably a loss. So realistically there, that's 6-11. and 11. And they've had one winning season. <laughs> they've had one winning season since he's been in San Francisco. They And they made the Super Bowl that year. But he's he's 32 and 40. If he goes 6 and 11 this year, that'll make him what? Let's just do some quick math here. 35 and 46. <laughs> Can't believe you're, not, you're making me listen to this. It's, it's not good. It's not good. He should be gone. Like, I'm sorry. There, there's just no excuse. <laughs> We talk about this guy like he's some kind of offensive genius, but maybe he just would have been better off staying as a coordinator. Wow. Okay. So we just we just continue to ignore the fact that his his team has been riddled with injuries the past two seasons. Here's, here's the other we, thing. We Bryce. just ignore the fact that he went to Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. And we ignore the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo has been hurt the last two years, and he gave Jimmy Garoppolo a big stinking contract. He's basically he the GM did there. not. He did not. No, that is John Lynch. Don't don't put this on Kyle Shanahan. John, John I've heard Lynch. John Lynch's. I've heard John Lynch's. John Lynch's Spanish for Mike Sh- or Kyle uh, Shanahan's shadow no, GM. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. No, absolutely not. This is not on Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan does the best with what he has. He finally has his quarterback. He will eventually get to play him. Okay. I you do not get rid of a guy like this. You just don't. You don't. I mean, they they don't even have a second wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk is still in the doghouse. Who drafted he's, he's Brandon Ayuk? Out. It was it was John. It was John Lynch. Again. John Lynch. I heard it's Spanish for Kyle Shanahan, okay. Shadow GM. Okay. Like, you don't think that the Niners, like Kyle Shanahan after going to the Super Bowl with the Falcons, and obviously he wasn't the head coach, but after that 2016 season, I don't think there was a hotter name on the coaching market than Kyle Shanahan. You don't think that he demanded like, hey, I want some power behind the scenes here. I want to be the guy that's in charge, who's making a lot of the decisions. I just, I find, frankly, I find that hard to believe because he seems very, Kyle Shanahan has been getting, I'm trying to find a way to phrase this delicately. Kyle Shanahan has just been getting an excessive amount of love from the football media since he was, I mean, since he was in Cleveland. But Cleveland, they did have Josh Gordon the year he was there, and that was like one of the best wide receiver seasons of all time. So I I don't know. I I have to give him credit for making RG3 work. You know, I just think that there's a lot of arrogance there, and he he needs to get better. There's no way, Bryce, it's unexcusable. Most other coaches, if they are have a losing season, four out of the five seasons they're there they'd get fired without a second thought. But since we think of Kyle Shanahan as some kind of genius, like he's going to, they're going to keep him around probably for another three years. 
Uh, what a red from Alex. Bryce, who do you have for what do you have for uh, forget the sec now that you're on there? So uh, here's someone who actually deserves it, Caleb Lynn. Al Shanahan? No. Mike McCarthy can absolutely get the sack on this one. Okay. He has frequented this show as a get the sack candidate multiple times, but this one takes the cake. This one absolutely takes the cake. You are at home and you go down 30 to nothing to the Denver Broncos. I am appalled by this. We, Caleb, we were on the Cowboys train. Yeah, we were. We were talking about them as, as a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, we were. And we were getting very close to picking them. But then they turned back into the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they did. I know Dak was injured. I okay, Amari Cooper banged up. Ezekiel yeah. Elliott banged up. There's no excuse. This is ridiculous. This is an awful loss. The 16 points were all in the fourth quarter as garbage time. Okay, Dak Prescott's throwing to like a fifth string wide receiver, Malik Turner, for touchdown. Who? Who's Malik Turner? Who's that? I don't know. But th- this is an embarrassing loss. Mike McCarthy should absolutely get the sack for not having his team prepared in a home game like this. Complete and utter disappointment and embarrassment when you had all the momentum on your side. Devin? Who do you have for get the sack? Well, uh, for my get the sack candidate, it's one guy that um, got a lot of hype in the in 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 the postseason or in the preseason, okay. and, that, and that would be Mr. Samuel Darnold. Oh, oh no! Now, oh, no. now let me let me let me start here. You guys know it better better than anybody else. Every time you guys would ask, how are you guys, how you feel about Sam Darnold? I was always skeptical. Eh, skeptical. Yeah, you were. You were. I'll give I, you was, I was never yeah. once committed to Sam Darnold. He flashed. Obviously, he flashed there in the, in the first, like, three games, right? Even then, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, but when's it going to end? And the last five games, it ended, okay? The dude has only thrown for 804 yards, two touchdowns, eight interceptions at 53% in the last five games. In the last in the last three games, 413 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions at 55%. I mean, I think we all should have saw it coming when he was – he was being recognized for rushing touchdowns at the beginning of the year. He wasn't even getting realized for passing touchdowns. Okay. Like this is just something that I I just, I just never was very confident about Sam Darnold. When you go into a broken franchise, such as the jets, it's, it's just not, he's damaged goods at this point. You know, he's damaged goods. Um, it's unfortunate. I'm not going to put all of this, you know, on Sam Darnold, like literally being in that organization, obviously that messed him up, but, uh, regardless, yeah, Sam Darnold needs to get the sack. Uh, he's, uh, it, yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited to see what PJ Walker can do starting. Um, uh, but I, I guess we'll see. Chris Towers, CBS Sports reporter, listen to the stat, Devin. 373 quarterbacks have thrown at least 160 passes in a season over the past decade. Sam Darnold's stretch, 372nd at yards per attempt, 371st at touchdown percentage, 370th at interception percentage. 
I think that classifies as someone that needs to get the sack. I think the experiment <laughs> Not is great. over. Not I great. think I, I agree with you, Devin. I, I I don't think that's crazy. I know you, you know, you, you were coming in, you were liking the defense. You were obviously liking the weapons they had around him, but you know, I, I, I agree. I, I can attest you are not the biggest normal guy. Uh, you know, this week for me, a guy that uh, typically has not been mentioned for get the sack because he's normally a good coach, but last week he wasn't uh, Sean McDermott. I mean, dude, let's pick it up, man. You know, you're playing entitled. Okay. You're, you're coming in here. You're acting like you're just the Kings of the world. Okay. And you come out, you get beat by Jacksonville like that. You, you lousy. It's lousy that you only put up six points. I mean, you, you, no excuse the way I see it. You know, this was a team that you should have put away from the jump. I mean, it's just ridiculous that as an offense, Josh Allen has two interceptions against the Jaguar secondary. The Jaguars are looking to trade everybody and their mother from that secondary. <laughs> okay. They're not, they're not looking to do anything with that secondary this season. And Josh Allen threw two interceptions. Not that, not to mention the fact that this was a defense that somehow, some way, you know, didn't play horrible, but good gravy. You know, I, I just think that this was one of those things where it's like if you're the if you're the if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you win nine to six, if you would have said, looked at their eight games and you would have said, okay, pick the two wins they were going to have. I don't know how many people would have said the Buffalo Bills were going to be one of those two wins, and I just think that's 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 just extremely ridiculous uh, for Buffalo. This is a team that had high expectations. I still think they're going to get to the playoffs very easily, uh, but, but good gravy. Losing to Jacksonville, that's inexcusable. It is embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. Next up, Offensive Player of the Week. And Devin, we're going to start with you on this. Who do you have for Offensive Player of the Week? I'm ready for Bryce to eat it right here, Devin. Okay. Okay. I got the one guy that I think should be um, – at least uh, in, in the top three or four uh, in MVP talks this season. I got I Lamar Jackson. Joke. Um, joke. The dude just joke. won't let Baltimore lose. I mean, joke. he's had multiple uh, game-winning drives this season. Um, I, just comebacks in general. Uh, you know, the Ravens, they played like crap in the first half. And then they, and then they torch they torch Minnesota in the second half. Um, you know, he, he throws 266 yards, uh, three touchdowns, uh, two interceptions. Uh, but the one uh, there towards the end of the game wasn't totally on him. It was tipped and, you know, how those bad things go. Um, and uh, obviously he rushed for 120 yards. I mean, he just if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson, the Ravens would not be good. It's just as simple as that. They would not be what six and two now? Is that what the record is? Yes, I don't even is. know what the record is, but yes, it, uh, is. Yes, it is. It, it it just wouldn't be. I mean, considering all of the injuries, considering uh, he's literally okay. What running backs does he have with him? He has four four washed up running backs. He's got Latavius Murray, Devonta. Oh, okay, Freeman, let's not act like they're trash though. They, they can still get Freeman, it done. And, oh, not, not and, as efficient. Come on, yeah, I agree. Come on, come on. And yeah. and uh, Le'Veon Bell, right? What is this like? 20, 2014? Okay, no. Obviously, they're not going <laughs> to be the same guys. I mean, like Lamar Jackson. I mean, you watch it on the field. He's obviously he has the it factor to him. He always has. Yeah. And I mean, he, he showed it in Minnesota once again. And I mean, it's really just been a terrific season. And 
he's confident and it's and it's working it is working it is working you know if you think about it the ravens are basically playing two running backs that were good at the time that dark horse was an actual hit you know the fact oh is, my gosh the fact is the fact that is that was a good one though Bryce. That the was fact actually- is that's good that's good the fact is that the ravens are desperate to have success at current running back spot lamar jackson has been making price heated all season and i absolutely okay. love the take Bryce, okay. who is your offensive player of the week well there's only one there's only one logical choice for this week caleb there really is. I, I don't see how you could choose anyone else. Okay, go ahead. It's my boy, Jonathan Taylor. Are you kidding me? 19 carries, 172 yards, and two touchdowns? Are you kidding me? The the future NFL rushing title winner of 2021? Yeah, I said it. He will win the rushing title this year. He is an absolute monster, and he showed it against the poor, sad team that is the New York Jets. I don't care if it's the Jets. If you run for 172 yards, that's incredible. Not to mention he had the touchdowns to back it up, too. Absolutely incredible. I mean, he has two. He has the two longest runs in the NFL as well. He has that burst of speed when, when you need it, but he can also drag you into the end zone. Jonathan Taylor is a complete running back. His hands are, are getting better and better every game. He is an ultimate weapon for this Indianapolis offense, and I don't know where they'd be without him this year, honestly. You know, I, it's a yeah. shame that Marlon Mack is still around to steal carries from him. I swear if I see Naheem Hines run between the tackles again, I'm going to punch my TV. Okay, it should be Taylor, 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 inside the five. You run power football, run it with Jonathan Taylor, period. No, we've been, I, I mean, Jonathan Taylor looked great. Uh, I mean, he really did. It was incredible what he was able to do this week. I, I, nothing to push back there. Uh, you know, he is obviously making the case of being in that, you know, elite, elite discussion uh, when you're talking about running backs. I mean, he, he's he's incredible. No other way to put it. Uh, my offensive player of the week is Justin Herbert because he was slinging that thing all over the Eagles. He was absolutely slinging that thing. I mean, he just came in and dominated that Philadelphia Eagles secondary. He got everybody involved. He just sizzled. I mean, this man, you know, going 32 of 38, 356 yards, two touchdowns. Downs, uh, QBR of 93. I mean, the dude was just absolutely nasty. The potential that this guy has still is ridiculous. I think we saw what he can be. I'm just hoping they continue to build off of this, right? I mean, Bryce, you and I were very critical of the fact that they lost two in a row. They got pounded by Baltimore. They get beat by New England at home. Mm-hmm. They come out, he leads that game-winning drive into Philadelphia, a game that they would not have won had Anthony Lynn been the head coach of that football team. Sure. sure. And I think oh, I record that Kyle Shanahan. You're going to hate on a win. Wow. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like doing that. But you know, they wouldn't have won the game with Anthony Lynn. It's just a fact. I, I, the way, the way, the way that I see it is, uh, you know, this is just showing you what the Chargers can do with their balanced attack, with their defense. I'm really looking forward to seeing how this game moves Herbert in his trajectory in this season. You know, I think they've got a chance to make the playoffs. I'd like for them to make the playoffs. I'd like for them to win the division. Uh, but it's too close right now. The Chargers can take that leap, I think, more than any other team in the division. I'm banking on that big time uh, as we move forward to the rest of the season. Uh, next up, Defensive Player of the Week. Devin, we'll start with you on this one. Who do you have yeah. for Defensive Player of the Week? I'll keep mine short and sweet. Uh, JC Jackson for tearing up Sam Darrell. 
Uh, yeah, two interceptions, one taken back for a touchdown, 88 yards, two tackles. Uh, it was it was a classic performance. Um, really, I, I don't know if it was a like a, one of those prove-it games where it's like, okay, Gilly's not here, but I'm going to show him up. So uh, he did. He, he definitely did. Uh, it was against Sam Darnold, but he did. Uh, so I, I got to give him props. I got to give him props. I, I can't not, so. You're all good. I, I like that take a lot. Alex, who do you have for Defensive Player of the Week? Good, sir. Yeah, give me Jeffrey Simmons, but really give me the Tennessee Titans as a whole. I thought their defense did a really good job against Stafford this week, getting pressure. Um, and Simmons is a huge part of that. But really, I like the approach they had going against Cooper Cup, going, you know, getting pressure on Stafford. That play where Stafford threw the ball away <laughs> instead of. Yeah, that did not work it, out well. That was not a great idea by Stafford, but I suppose it's better than two points and the ball back. So. You know, you got to take your, you got to pick your battles there. But I think Tennessee did a good job of forcing him to choose. So that's, that's my reason I have Simmons as my defensive. And if I could get my offensive in real quick, Caleb, because oh, I, go I have a go good ahead. one. Yes. Yes. Cordero Patterson. Okay. He had, a, he had 126 yards receiving this week. He was not as good on the ground as he usually is 10 yards, but really they don't win that game without him on Sunday because he has that huge catch down the sideline. And I think that, you know, I, Taylor was really the obvious choice. <laughs> Lamar and Herbert weren't bad choices either. But in lieu of that, I wanted to go, I wanted to swerve a little bit. And I thought Cordero was uh, great. Very and on true. that note, I'm out. Deuces. Peace, AB. Nice to hear you. Nice to hear from you, Alex. Hopefully we can uh, figure out a way to, to get you back on Lens Sandy Airwaves again on a more proper way. Uh, but, you know, here we are in this situation you know, looking at in terms of another offensive, you know, in terms of a defensive player of the week that I like, Bryce, which is a former cold, Anthony Walker. Okay, Anthony Walker with double-digit tackles this season. Uh, he was somebody that came in uh, just killing it for the Browns in this game in a total blowout. Uh, they stepped up to the challenge. They delivered. Uh, I thought Walker was awfully impressive. Uh, and then we're moving on to the collapse of the week. And, Devin, uh, who do you have for your uh, – Caleb Lynn collapse of the week, uh, which was provided by uh, an unfortunate tragedy or not tragedy. I shouldn't say a fortunate incident that happened at my uh, co-host wedding. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So uh, my Caleb Lynn collapse of the week goes to the Bears defense. Oh, already on hitting the... on the Bears. I didn't know we were going to do this. This is <laughs> great. No. And, and look, I got to give them credit, you know, Justin Fields and the and the defense played yes. incredible in that second yes, half did. to get him to, you know, a one point lead. But that last drive was one of the most brutal things I have seen since D Ford was offsides in that <laughs> in that Patriots game. <laughs> Literally both of their outside ends could not line up correctly. And it came to the point where they were just they were in a two point stance. Okay. They they just yeah. dipped the three point stance. Like yeah. it was just over. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, how can you be in the neutral zone so much? Like, obviously, you can see the ball. Put your hand a half foot back. Like, it's really not that hard. And when when you're in a situation where you're about to actually win a game, something that the Bears probably won't be doing a whole lot of this season, oh, it really, it really oh, sucks. Geez. It really sucks. 
and and against the Steelers, nonetheless, you know, that would have been a big win. And look, I, I think the Bears are actually going to improve throughout the rest of the season. Justin Fields has, has obviously taken another step, and I think he'll continue to do so. But uh, when you have a game in your pocket like that and your defense gives up two big penalties, uh, and I get the game was, you know, controversially wrapped, but that that stuff was just undeniable. It was bad. And, uh, you know, it ended up losing them the game in the final second. So, yeah, there you go. That's my collapse of the week. <laughs> oh, I, that is exactly what you want from that segment. Uh, Bryce, I, I don't know if we can necessarily top that. Oh, uh, but who sure, do you have as, sure, who do you have sure. as the uh, Caleb Lid collapse of the week? Well, I mean, mine is very simple. Mine is very simple. Uh, it, it's it's the L.A. Rams. It's the L.A. Rams. <laughs> okay, Again, wow. you're at home. You're at home against a very winnable team, a Titans team who's down bad. Okay, they just lose King Henry. They lose their, their prime jewel on their offense. And you can't overcome this team. Okay, the Titans defense has been garbage all year. All year. And Matt Stafford it turns into Lions Matt Stafford. Just downright awful. Downright awful. Couldn't score. Uh, They finally get points on the board in garbage time in the fourth quarter. It's too late then. Uh, Again, just these top teams at home this week just completely just – I don't know. I don't know. It's it's like they just – I don't know. I can't even explain it. It's an off week for, for some of the best teams in the league, but that, they're my collapse because this should have absolutely been won by the Rams. They could, they had an opportunity to establish themselves as the top alpha dog in the NFC and they didn't do it. They didn't do it. I, I mean, that's a fair one. I like the Rams, but man, they got to pick it up next week. And uh, they're facing my team that I picked for the collapse. That's the Niners. Uh, Alex pretty much hammered it, so I'm not going to go too far into it. But uh, the Niners are definitely a team that uh, should be in that conversation. They are in trouble. Uh, this season is in jeopardy. Uh, they, get, they they can't figure out their quarterback situation. Uh, they're not getting their offensive line healthy. Uh, the defense has not been as good as they would have wanted, even though I think it's been the best unit on their team. It's just so much question uh, there. And, and I just hopefully there can be uh, some things addressed, uh, you know, as the season progresses. But uh, let's get into the roundup like we typically do. Bryce and Devin, this week we have no – uh, New England Patriots uh, game against the Carolina Panthers. So we're going to have Devin uh, not have to go through that again. No Dolphins in Houston, no Chiefs in Green Bay, and no Cardinals and Niners with bye weeks, including the Detroit Lions, Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Washington football team. Bryce, you hammered it on Jonathan Taylor's impact. Uh, so Devin, we'll start with you on this. How do you feel about the Indianapolis Colts victory over the New York Jets? You know, this was a game where they pretty much just took it to them right in the first half, particularly the second quarter. You know, how do you think that the Colts can move on from a game like this where they pretty much had the game and, and just – didn't let it go the entire time. Yeah. I mean, it looked good uh, at the end of the, you know, the end of the day, the box score may not look pretty. Um, and, you know, reasonably the defense does need addressed. I mean, uh, there has been flaws in the system this season. And, um, you know, as, as I pointed, as uh, local, you know, radio pointed out, maybe the defense just is a little bit too simple. Uh, and, and maybe it's not as complex as what it could be. I mean, it is just a cover two. Uh, there's a lot of zone going on, but, uh, you know, when, 
when you got somebody beating you consistently and consistently, it's like it's time to, you know, double. I'm just I'm speaking of AJ Brown specifically, but mm. it's like you got to go outside of those bounds and, you know, double team, uh, even if it's on one play. Uh, but regardless of that, this was just a win that the Colts needed. I mean, there's just no way around that. Uh, obviously, they're coming off um, some some bad, not necessarily bad, but obviously a close loss to the Titans. Um, and then you have to turn around and, you know, play on Thursday night. Uh, so it, it was just something that was needed. Um, I think that it'll, it'll definitely benefit them going forward, especially with the way they use Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think that that's kind of one of the keys this season is, you know, what is Frank Reich doing with Jonathan Taylor? Well, in this game, it was give it to him, you know, 19 times. Yeah. I would argue he needs to do it a little bit even more. Uh, but just regardless, I, I think that that's kind of the key of the season is just pound the ball of Jonathan Taylor. Bryce, what do you think about, you know, obviously you mentioned it from the Taylor perspective of the win, but what can a win, in your opinion, do for this group, how do you see this game impacting them moving forward? Well, I'll be honest, Caleb. I, I don't know that I, they should be proud of the offensive display that they put on, but it was kind of a bittersweet win. I'll be honest with you. Hmm. Reason being is they gave up 30 points to the New York Jets and to, to a quarterback in Josh Johnson, who has played for nearly half, half the teams in the NFL. That is a complete and utter embarrassment. I don't care about injuries. I don't care, you know, who's banged up. It, it, sure. it doesn't matter. You don't give up 317 yards and three touchdowns to Josh Johnson. You don't do that. Yeah. So I think it's a confidence boost, but I also think you got to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, dude, we just gave up 30 points. And, and you know, we, we only gave up 10 in the first half. I think that's a joke. I think that's an absolute joke. Yeah. I mean, but here's the pauses that you can take from this. Okay. Jonathan Taylor averaged as many yards per carry as Carson Wentz averaged per throw or per completion. 9.1, 9.1. Okay. So I think that's good. I think it's balanced. Carson Wentz only threw the ball 30 times. I think that's right about where he needs to be, not 51. Yeah. Okay. Jonathan Taylor, 19 carries. I think that's the most he's had all season. It's about time we figure it out. And I'll tell you what, Michael Pittman, welcome to the show, my friend. You are, you have established over the past few weeks that you are the wide receiver one of this team and you are the future moving forward, which I think is very exciting. Very, very exciting. I, it's so good to see Michael Pittman show out and, and make, make Ballard actually look like he made a good choice at wide receiver here. Yeah. I mean, the Colts, I think you guys both nail it on the head from the Colts perspective. I mean, this is a game where obviously, you know, the defense didn't do exactly what you would have wanted, particularly giving up 14 in that fourth quarter, giving up 20 combined in the second half. That's not necessarily what you want, considering the fact, you know, that the Colts were up 28 to 14 in the first half. The way that I see this game, you know, for a couple things, if I'm looking at it from the Jets perspective is like, you know, for Josh Johnson to come in and play the way he did, okay, it was not necessarily uh, your quarterback was not the reason that you lost. I mean, let's just be very clear. You know, Josh Jack, uh, Josh Johnson with 2741 and 300 yards, uh, that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, but the defense 
for the Jets, I think is where it's inexcusable. This is a team that has to have decent defense for them to even remain competitive. No, this is a this isn't a team that's playoff caliber. This isn't a team that is looking to sniff a wild card spot. But the best part about this team, probably if you had to really evaluate it, is their defense. It completely let them down. Um, I, I just from the Jets' perspective, right? So Robert Sala is a defensive mind. You know this Absolutely. game's probably got to just get at him. You know, the way that they lost, how they lost. What do you think this game can do for a team like the Jets who, you know, obviously they're not contenders, but it has to make you wonder a little bit because Robert Sala was brought in to not let games like this happen. I, I don't know. I mean, I... I I honestly don't know. I mean, this is this is a game that that you know your your starting quarterback goes out. Yeah. Um, you know, you need a little you need a little energy boost from your defense to give yourselves a chance, and they didn't bring it. They didn't bring it. You know, um, they weren't able to really cause any any fumbles or or picks. So they lost the turnover battle by two. Um, they were barely able to touch Carson Wentz. They had one sack. Uh, the entire game and uh, Carson Wentz didn't even lose any yards on the sack. So I think you have to do a better job of scheming and giving your offense a better chance, right? Yeah. That's the big thing that you're trying to figure out is how to get this offense going. And it took Mike White and Josh Johnson to jumpstart it. And you still couldn't stop people from scoring on you to even give yourselves a chance. Right. So, yeah, I think Salah needs to do better. Quit looking so grim on the sideline and try to get your defense in gear and get a stop. They couldn't do it. No, that's fair. No, they couldn't. Uh, Devin, do you have any additional thoughts about the Jets' performance? Yeah, I mean, just just touching on the quarterback aspect of it, you know, Hmm. Ryan and I kind of going into this, we both agreed, like, Zach Wilson isn't a guy that you should be starting day one. I mean, mm. and, it, and I mean, it was obvious. It was obvious when he was in the game. He obviously mm. showed his flashes, which is expected. Uh, but overall, these, you know, two backup veteran type guys have kind of showed him up. And it's just, it goes to show that, like, sometimes the talent is worth the wait. Uh, yeah. And, you know, bad habits can be induced early if you start them too early. Um now, does Zach Wilson give him the best chance to win? I don't know, but uh, at least this season. But I, I just, I just felt like I needed to point that out. It's just no, like, it's fair. Uh, you know, he's. I just don't feel like he's ready for all of that yet. Uh, it's not bad for him to learn like this, but at the same time, when you're at the Jets, I feel like they should have learned that the first time with Sam Darnold. You need to chill it out a little bit, and if you're going to play a play him in a, in a reserved way. Uh, now they don't really have the running backs to really make, you know, something right. great happen. Right. But at the same time, you just need to figure out a way to get your young quarterback uh, to not develop in, you know, into a bad one. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I agree with you. I, I think that's a fair point. You did nail that on the head. You and Ryan both did when we did our draft pod. Uh, Bryce and I were able to come in and hear that out. It was a great point. I think Zach Wilson is showing some of that. And we're just going to have to see how this front office and this team moves around him or if they choose to go in a different direction because they may not think he's what they expect. Uh, next up, 
the Titans and the Rams, which Bryce, I mean, you mentioned it in terms of your collapse for the Rams. Uh, Devin, how did you see this game? The Rams coming into the week was a team that everybody thought was just so good. Infinity and beyond Titans. Everyone thought weren't going to come even close. They weren't going to sniff Derrick Henry out. Nah, not a chance, but somehow, some way, they found themselves in victory on the road against a Rams team that many have as Super Bowl champions and Super Bowl picks coming out of the NFC. Exactly what you just said is the exact reason the Tennessee Titans have been so successful the last three years. When have they never, when have they ever been lauded for efforts? When have they ever, you know, been given that props like, hey, you know, you guys are probably going to win this game. No, it's always the other team. And if it's a better team, or with a better record or flashier players, they're always told you're not going to win this game. And it gives them such a chip on their shoulder every single time. And and clearly it shows out here again. It's like, when are people going to learn the Tennessee Titans are a good football team with Mike Vrabel? Uh, and, and really it's, it's just, you know, this is another big win against the playoff team this season. And I mean, you don't even, the, the crazy part about it, you have no Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill only th- completes 19 passes for 143 yards and a touchdown. And you still beat the Rams. And it's because of the defense. I mean, like this team is not going to be going away just because Derrick Henry is gone. Uh, they got tons of talent, you know, in the backfield. Granted, none of them as good as Henry or even near that. But they have enough to work with to where they could still make this thing roll. And I think they, they kind of made it a point with that against the Rams. Bryce, what, what is your takeaway from the Titans perspective? I mean, this is a team that, I mean, it does not seem like, I mean, I, I, I think they easily are going to run away with the division. I think the Titans are a team that just showed, okay, you know, some resiliency here, you know, by coming in and beating LA on the road. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to our, to our colleague, Caleb, uh, Zach Griffith. And I told him, I said, um, Zach, I don't think you're ready for this conversation, but I think I am. Uh, I think we need to discuss the Tennessee Titans as a legitimate football team. And his immediate answer was no, that's all. That's all he said. No. And uh, I was like, all right, man, I, I don't know. Dude, they've won every big game so far this year. I mean, they beat the bills. They beat the chiefs. Right. Um, they've beat uh, the Colts twice. They beat the Rams now on the road. I mean, I, I think it's about that time, unfortunately. And, and when you look at the stat sheet, if you just look at it and you would just look at it, you're like, dude, there's no way they won this game. They barely, right. they ran for a total of 69 yards. Ryan Tannehill only threw for 143 yards and a touchdown. Right. Plus he threw a pick and he was sacked three times. Yeah. But then you got to look at the flip side and you see Los Angeles, Matthew Stafford, two picks. He was sacked five times. I mean, it was the defense that carried this Titans team this this game. And and I mean, that's not a knock. I mean, that's just that's just how it is. I mean, they they carry they carried them this this game. David yeah. Long played outstanding. Harold Landry played outstanding. Danico Autry, uh, who the Colts let go this season, played outstanding. Jeffrey Simmons had three sacks of his own. They win. <sighs> They're finding ways to win. They're finding ways to win, but I'll tell you, if if teams take care of the football against Tennessee, I think you beat Tennessee. I think mm-hmm. I think honestly, it's as simple as that. You don't turn the ball over, or you win the turnover battle. I think you win the football game. Seriously, I think that's how you beat them. 
No, I, 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 it's not crazy. You know, Tannehill, you know, even if you go back to the Colts game, certainly turnovers were a problem. I, I think with the Titans, it's just going to come down to, you know, that perfect script. I, I think it's going to be tricky for this team to come back from behind. Um, I, I think that's going to be really hard for them, given, you know, their personnel and the way they're going to want to play. Uh, but, you know, here's the thing. I think they're going to be able to figure it out. Uh, you know, I, I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to see Brown bounce back from last week. I have no doubt in my mind that we'll see Julio Jones continue to progress as he continues to get himself ready to be back on the field again. Uh, you know, and I just think this defense, you know, whatever we thought about this defense, I almost think you have to look at it from a totally different lens now. This just looks like a rejuvenated group who feels the pressure of having to do more because of the Henry loss. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's what the front office wanted. They paid Bud Dupree money. Bud Dupree hasn't been what they've exactly wanted, but they've went out, they've tried to get some assets for this defense, and I think they're starting to get it at the time that you want them to get it. Next up, Falcons and the Saints. And, uh, you know, the Falcons come into this game, they, you know, were not favored, underdogs by a mile, even with the third, even with the third string quarterback, basically, in the Saints. Falcons win this game tight, 27-24. My takeaway is that, I believe Matt Ryan is the best quarterback people aren't thinking of. Anymore, yeah. I think Matt Ryan is the best quarterback people aren't thinking of. He is sizzling right now. Uh, Devin, he is absolutely cooking for them. They are getting some really good play from Cordero Patterson that's real. It's not just for six games or five games or three. He's going to be a legit player in that system. Kyle Pitts is a legit player in that system. And, you know, if Ridley, you know, if there's a way where Ridley feels mentally ready to come back, I mean, call me crazy, but right now they're projected in the playoffs. And my gosh, I mean, it seems like they're clicking right now, Devin. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely clicking. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a while since we've said that with the Falcons, but they've sneakily, they're four and four this year. And, that's kind of quiet, went under the radar, uh, but they've won games and uh, it's got them to the point where they're 500. Um, as you said, Matt Ryan is cooking. Um, and really with, with what you said about Matt Ryan, I feel like that's been his story the entire career. I mean, really, that's he's fair. always been the, the, the great quarterback no one talks about. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, Cordero Patterson has come up in such a big way. Um, you know, obviously not your traditional running back, but this is exactly what, you know, Ty Montgomery wishes he could have been. Uh, and <laughs> uh, Cordell Patterson's been able to t- take advantage of what the Falcons have given him for his role. And, um, you know, really, I think I think a lot of it also has to do with uh, with the Saints. I mean, it's kind of a, yeah. a little bit of yeah. a panic game. Uh, like, I don't know. I mean... Maybe the Falcons are just exactly. Maybe they're just better than better than what they were expected to be. And um, yeah, I think Matt Ryan. I mean, if you compared last year's stats to this year's stats, Bryce, Matt Ryan, twenty six touchdowns, eleven interceptions. This year, through the eight games, fifteen touchdowns, six interceptions. He's probably going to smash his season total from last year if he continues to be at the pace he's on. Bryce, this is a team you and I were just very murky on. Um, We didn't really know what to expect. 
We didn't really know where they were going to get their offense. We didn't know how they were going to make enough plays on defense. Uh, but man, uh, they are getting production from everybody. Uh, a guy, Devin, I remember we talked about, uh, you know, a guy like AJ Terrell, uh, a guy that, you know, many people thought drafted a little too high, really stepping up for this team in year two. Uh, Bryce, how do you think about the Falcons right now? Are they a team that can sneak in the playoffs in your mind? Or is this just, you know, kind of a cute story? The Saints don't have their third string quarterback, so therefore we need to slow it down. Um, I think it's certainly possible. I think it's certainly possible. I think, I think if, if they can figure out, you know, if they can unlock Mike Davis, I think that adds another wrinkle to this offense, um, where they could be more dangerous than what they are now. Because again, uh, the unfortunate part about it is Atlanta still is wishy-washy in in uh, close games, they almost lost this one. Um, but Corderell Patterson making the 64 yard play uh, down the sideline uh, really saved this game for him. So if Atlanta can win, can turn reverse the curse and re- reverse the voodoo and win a bunch of close games, yeah, I think you might want to watch out for him. I think you yeah. definitely want to watch out for him. Definitely. Yep. And then, you know, it'll be, it'll be fun to kind of see the the progression uh, from this team, especially to what we expected. The Saints, meanwhile, I think they can get back in their groove. There's no question about it. Uh, but I, I think they kind of lowballed the Falcons, if I'm just going to be honest. I don't think they took them as serious. Uh, and I think, you know, this kind of shows you the impact uh, that Winston has. Sure, John Payton's a great offensive mind, but I think Jameis Winston uh, makes that big of a difference. He probably makes that three-point swing into a win. Uh, if he was a quarterback, I think that's something to look out for when watching the Saints and, and, and you know, for the rest of the season. Next up, Chargers Eagles. Uh, Herbert, as I mentioned, comes out, leads this game winning drive, you know, 27 to 24 game, Bryce. Uh, this was a game hard fought. Uh, Philly came back, made enough plays. Uh, you know, the offense kept sticking with it. Uh, you know, this was a really, really good football game. Uh, How do you look at the Chargers in this win? And then how do you think that the Eagles can move forward after this loss? Well, I think the Chargers, I think it's a good win. Um, I feel like they should have beat the Eagles by a larger margin. Um, I think the Chargers are are much better than this team, um, which speaks volumes to Philly and and how well they're competing. Um, But I mean, Herbert got back on track. Um, You know, you kind of want to establish Austin Eckler a little bit more, um, but welcome back Keenan Allen. It's about time Mike Williams takes a back seat and turns back into regular Mike Williams that we all know and love two catches a game. Uh, Keenan Allen is still that guy. Uh, But I mean, what you see from Herbert is getting more random guys that you never heard of involved. Steven Anderson, you know, another what, what third string tight end, four receptions, 39 yards and a touchdown. Donald Parham, three receptions, 39 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he's getting guys that you that you really you may not game plan for um, that he's using effectively. Uh, not just Keenan Allen, Mike Williams and Jared Cook and Austin Eckler. You know, they're four main guys on the offensive side of the football. Uh, when it comes to Philly, um, guys. Uh, newsflash, I wasn't sure if he still knew this, but Jordan Howard is still good at football. Uh. Um, 
shout out Bears for cutting him and teams just bearing Jordan Howard. I mean, it's a, it's an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. Uh, Jordan Howard, 17 carries, 71 yards and a touchdown. You know, Boston Scott has been there for years, the, the solid backup. Kenneth Gainwell, the rookie coming in making noise. But Jordan Howard got a bulk of the carries here, guys. Yeah. He out-touched Boston Scott by seven, by seven touches. Okay, I think Jordan Howard should absolutely be a staple of this offense moving forward. I think it'd be a great one-two punch once Miles Sanders gets back, kind of alleviate the pressure from him. Um, I mean, Jalen Hurts is a competitor. I mean, straight up. I mean, if Jalen Hurts is playing, I mean, you're going to have a chance. It just sucks that uh, the rest of this team just isn't up to par whatsoever. So I think they have some things to build on, but it's still a work in progress. Well, and, and, you know, I think this was encouraging for the Eagles. If you're a Devonte Smith guy, yeah, right. Uh, pro football, 92.6 grade. Uh, Bryce, this was the highest graded game by a rookie wide receiver since Justin Jefferson. I saw that tweet today. I Which just, is crazy because Jamar Chase has been absolutely insane. Oh, right. Right. I mean, the progression uh, that a game like this could do for Smith, I think, is uh, is big time. Uh, Devin, what what are you seeing from this game uh, for both teams? Uh, do you take more away from it if you're the Philly side? Do you take more away from it if you're the Chargers side? I, I think it's a fair balance of both. Uh, with the Chargers, you know, um, as you kind of alluded to earlier, their, their thing has been always playing in close games, but but always coming out on the losing side. Uh, and this game, they actually turned that around and, and won the game. Um, I yeah. think that does a lot for Justin Herbert because, I mean, that was a consistent theme last season. Uh, obviously, it has to be very frustrating. So uh, to see one finally go down in one column like this, uh, definitely great. And as far as the Eagles go, you know, I feel like I feel like a lot of credit has to go to Nick Sirianni for what he's been able to do here. Um, you know, I really did not have very high expectations for the Eagles coming into the season, but they've honestly surprised me and they've shown uh, a lot of grit on the defensive side. Uh, that's been kind of something that has died out a little bit, you know, since that uh, Super Bowl year. Uh, but they've kind of made a, a, a nice little surprise this season. Um, and, and kind of the same thing goes for the offense. You know, uh, they're kind of just letting Jalen Hurts do his thing and figure it out. And uh, I mean, it's it's kind of worked out a little bit for them. You know, obviously they're not, as Bryce said, they're still going to be a work in progress. This isn't going to be a team that's going to be, you know, competing for a whole lot this season. But, uh, you know, if you're Nick Sirianni and an Eagles fan, uh, you got to be pleased with what, you know, you've seen so far. Yeah. No doubt about it. And uh, that, that that transition kind of leads perfectly into the next game here, Bears and Steelers, which I have to think, Bryce, as an Ohio State fan, you're pleased with how Justin Fields has looked as of recent, even though they've been, you know, not necessarily winning, but they're competing harder. And, and he made that one incredible drive to put them, you know, in a go-ahead situation where it almost felt like Chicago was going to win the football game, uh, but the Steelers were able to come away with it 29-27. to 27. Uh, You know, what do you think? think about this game for your guy fields here. I mean, I think it's positive. I think there was a lot more ad-libbing for Justin Fields, uh, which is much needed. He, he shows a, he doesn't have to stay in the pocket. Okay. Nagy made the mistake of keeping him in the pocket, trying to prove a point. And that's just not Justin Fields. Justin Fields is an athlete. Um, he can use his legs. He can extend plays. Use that to your advantage, especially when you have dynamic playmakers or dynamic receivers. You know, Allen Robinson is not garbage. 
Okay. Uh, I think Darnell Mooney can have a good career in the NFL. It's it just takes some development and some time. Um, and obviously Justin Fields likes him. Uh, so, I mean, use that, use that to the, to your advantage to win some football games. And I think you start to see that, um, it was good to see Allen Robinson make a big play, um, get him down the field. Uh, so it set up that Mooney touchdown, which was an incredible catch by, by Darnell Mooney there. Um, so, I mean, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by that, but Caleb, as your co-host, sure. I have co-host duties. Go ahead. I have a listener question for us today. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. Here's my listener question for you. Okay. With another disappointing loss, do you see Matt Nagy finishing the season? Boss, take it. Boss, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts. Um, I mean, I, I'm not a big naggy guy. Um, I haven't for a while now. Um, truthfully, I think the next three games are going to be very crucial in answering that question. Uh, with the way Fields played this last week, uh, you saw a lot of development mm-hmm. there. Uh, he obviously let him be Justin Fields a little bit. Uh, so I think the next three games, I would say, are going to be very crucial into Matt Nagy keeping his job or not. If they're able to compete and make it kind of close, you know, and win or win, you know, a couple. Yeah, I think he he's able to extend his lifeline one more year. Uh, but, you know, if, if it kind of regresses a little bit, uh, I, I don't know. I'm of the belief he's done after the season. I think you have to give... Um, I, I think it's, it's, I think the way that you're going to have to get something going is by moving away and parting ways from Ryan Pace, parting ways from Matt Nagy and reconstructing. Uh, I just think, uh, for everyone's sake, that has to be the next step. You, you, you have to think this team has kind of been in this weird rut of they've been good. They, they were really good. Uh, then they kind of slipped at mediocre, below average, uh, then slips back into mediocre. Now I think they're a below average football team. Uh, I just think the fact is we've seen the ceiling of, of Pace and Nagy. And I just think at this point, uh, I think you need to bring in somebody that's just going to have more of a, an idea of how to maximize fields to the best of his ability. Uh, I just, that's just where I believe it, it comes from uh, in a game like this. Yeah. I'm encouraged by Chicago. I'm encouraged by fields. I'm encouraged that Montgomery is back. Uh, Devin, uh, did you remember Cole Komet? Do you remember that he existed? Uh, the Notre Dame alum? Do you yes, remember? Yes, okay, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure he's hardly on the football field. And it feels like he drops all the time. Oh yeah. He what, had a good game. Six well, receptions, 87 yards. Come I, on, Caleb. I, I can't even take it seriously. Look, the way oh. that I see it with the Steelers, the, the Steelers, in my opinion, you know, 29 to 27, big Ben. Um, I, I mean, look, you know, he's still going to be able to make the big plays when it matters. I, I mean, he clearly showed in the clutch. He still has that ability. Uh, you know, Najee Harris is clearly becoming a, a top tier running back in our eyes. You know, we have players like, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson coming in play, Pratt Fryermuth making plays. You know, the Steelers, I think, are starting to get their groove five and three. I think that this next couple games for them, which includes Detroit, 
which includes the Chargers. Uh, I think that'll be some fun games to kind of see where they're at. I think the game against Detroit should be total blowout city. Uh, and, and I think if they're on blowout city, then you know that they're in the right trajectory. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm looking for here moving on with the Steelers. Uh, next up, Bengals and Browns. Browns smash the Bengals, not even close. Bengals look like a team that could potentially be a pretender. Devin, do you buy the Cincinnati Bengals as a pretender? Or do you think that this was just a one-game situation where they didn't have everything together and, you know, Cleveland started to get their guys healthy and they look good? Or do you think it has mostly to do with Cleveland might be getting their groove back and sneaking back into that playoff picture? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Personally, um, I think the Bengals are a next-year team and beyond. Hmm. That's just my belief. Um, I think that so far they've shown – what they're capable of. Um, I don't think they're quite there yet. I think they need still a few more pieces, especially on the defensive side. Uh, So do I think that, I mean, I I do think that they could uh, potentially, you know, flirt with the playoffs this season. I mean, obviously Hmm. they've, they've been able to show that they're able to do that. Uh, and, And really my takeaway from this is the Browns defense played exactly how, people have wanted the entire season. They finally showed up and played the game that everybody expected them to be like this year. Right. Um, and I mean, it, it was, it was a great display of defense and, you know, that's exactly what you're going to need with, with, you know, Baker's injury. Um, it's exactly what you're going to need from your defense. Obviously the offense, uh, is it going to be as stellar with a quarterback that, you know, injured shoulder? Uh, so, Yeah, I mean, I feel like the bigger takeaway is it's kind of just the Browns defense, you know, showing up finally. Bryce, what were your takeaways here? You know, I know you called out Zach Taylor. You were disappointed in him last week. Come in, they get blown out again. You know, this is a team you and I really like. We were super encouraged, kind of happy to see this team kind of come back a little bit to relevancy. Did they, you know, was their peak too early? Can Cincinnati get better from this? Is Cleveland starting to understand what they are now that Odell's out of the picture? What do you think about, you know, this game moving forward? Well, yeah, I think it's I think it's huge on both ends, right? Uh, you know, Cleveland, I think it's no coincidence that they put up 41 points and get a massive victory um, now that Odell Beckham Jr. is off the team. Um, you know, I feel like they're now able to operate the offense and not have that cloud of, oh, we, you know, we got, oh, we have to run a play for Odell now. All right. Just to keep yeah. him happy. Right. Right. Okay. No, I mean, Nick Chubb, 14 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. That's the identity right there. You, yeah. you take the top off with Donovan Peoples Jones, two receptions, 86 yards, touchdown. And then you just get random guys involved. You get Harrison Bryant, Demetric Felton, David Njoku, Anthony Schwartz, Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, um, all involved in the passing game this game. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah. Right. And then you get, and then you got the defense that shows up, right? Denzel Ward. Oh, have you forgotten? He's one of the top corners in the league. Takes it 99 yards for a pick six, yeah. 99 yards, pick six uh, against a very hot uh, offensive passing team in the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, for the flip side, Cincinnati, it's another bad loss. It's another bad loss. You, you had the taste of success. Okay. You yep. go out there, you go lose a game. Okay, now you're kind of defeated. And then you come back and you put up this as well. You yeah. can only you you can only muster 16 points. Yeah. 
you got to be able to handle success. You got to be able to handle success as a, as a team. Is it that they played bad? Yeah, I think they played bad. Joe Burrow didn't even throw a touchdown. Okay, Jamar yep. Chase looked like an average wide receiver against the yep. Browns. Right. Yep. I think they got to find a way to bounce back if they want a chance of making a wild card or, or sneaking in the playoffs. You know what I kind of wish would have happened with the Bengals now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more? You know, in a dream, I know this would never happen because there's no way that the player would, you know, say, hey, I would re, you know, sign there again or, hey, I would make a contract extension. But like, like I wish the Bengals were a team that wasn't talks to get Von Miller. Like, you want to take the step defensively and, like, give yourself a chance. I think that it, I could, that type of player for that defense, I, yeah. even though I know Vaughn isn't, you know, Vaughn is not what he was dating back to when he was winning the Super Bowl with Manning. But my, he's, still, he's still a very good pass rusher. You know, if he was on this type of team, that would make a huge difference for me. I think the Bengals are, I, I agree with Devin, they are missing a piece. I'm still very optimistic of this team. I like what they can build. I like the guys they have around them. Uh, I think the key for me is when when looking at this Bengal team comes down to a couple things, right? When the offense doesn't get going, what's the attitudes like? Are you just lost? Are you already defeated? Which is what it seems like. The next four games, Raiders at Raiders, Steelers at home, Chargers at home, Niners at home. Personally, I think that the Bengals could potentially go three and one, but I also think that they could go one and three. And that's, and that's the, that's the problem. I think this next four is going to really say, okay, the Bengals are here. Uh, The Bengals are there. I'm leaning towards the optimistic side just because I think Burrow's the real deal. And I think their offense is really, really good. Uh, But who knows? Uh, this is a team that has long has, has basically uh, done plenty of Caleb Lynn collapses. Uh, next up, Broncos in Dallas. Uh, Broncos pretty much put a show on the Cowboys. Uh, Bryce, you know, talked about the collapse there. Uh, De- Devin, from Denver's perspective, this is a team that trades Von Miller, and I feel like to an extent showed their cards. I think they showed their cards in the sense that they said, we don't think that this is a playoff team we're going to look towards building in the draft next year, maybe looking at an upgraded quarterback. Um, so I don't know really how to take away a whole lot from Denver. Uh, but for Dallas, uh, you know, I think this is a situation where it's like, okay, you lost. You lost big. But you're in such a bad division that you might not even have to pay for the loss. You know, how do you see this game between Denver and and, and Dallas and, and just in general between these two teams? I feel like everybody, because it is the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, it's either love or hate with them. Everybody. Yeah. I think people are just sounding the panic alarms a little bit too much. I've heard a little bit too okay. much. It's okay. the end of the world. Uh, argument for the for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be sitting here, uh, you know, playing in the NFC Championship. I mean, they very well could. They have the talent to, but I'm not saying that that's what's in their future. Sure. But what I am saying is that this is still a good football team. Uh, and they've proven a lot of people wrong this season. I don't think anybody expected them to go into week 10, sitting at six and two. Uh, but I just mean in general, um, 
it was it was just one of those games where it was just it was just a bad loss. I mean, uh, you take away from it. Um, I, I don't think Mike McCarthy is you know the most fantastic of coaches, but uh, you, you got to reflect on this. Uh, you know, try to learn something from it, and just you know continue to to keep keep pushing forward. I, I, I like that. Bryce, I know you you really didn't like it from McCarthy's perspective. How did you see this game in terms of, okay, you know, do you think Dallas can rebound from this? Do does Den, do you think Denver just had that motivation for this week of wanting to prove that uh, we're, we're still, uh, you know, a football team that's going to compete night in and night out, even though we traded uh, a Broncos Hall of Famer? Uh, in Vaughn Miller, how do you think that, how do you look at this game? I mean, I know you blasted McCarthy, but in general, take us through your lenses. I mean, my, my, my concern is that they panicked. They panicked way too early. Okay. They, they fall behind 16 and nothing at halftime. Okay. That is, that is not an insurmountable feat to come back and win the game, but, but keep your identity at the same time. Right. Ezekiel only got Ezekiel Elliott only got ten touches in the rush game. Okay, Tony Pollard only got four. All right, so you're telling me your running backs only get fourteen touches? Yeah. Okay, and, and those carries did not go up much in the second half. Just right. so you guys know. Yeah. Dak throws it thirty nine times, only completes nineteen passes. Huh. Is a twenty four per or twenty four point one QBR, and that's just not good. No. It's not good. No. Right. And, and on the flip side, you look at Denver, they ran the ball. Uh, if you take out Teddy Bridgewater's three rushes, which are probably just scrambles. Okay. We're looking at 38 touches between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. They ran all over you. They ran all over you. They ran all, they ran for 191 yards on you on the Dallas Cowboys defense. That was supposed to be getting better. No, oh, not to mention Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater threw for 250 yards on you. I, I, Voss, I know what you're saying. Don't hit the panic button yet. But I think this is concerning. We're talking about an average football team. We're talking about a 500 football team that comes into your house. You are six and one. You are the cream of the crop, top of the NFC. Yeah. And you get they throw the ball all over you. They run all over you. They completely embarrass you to the point where you have to score 16 points in garbage time just to salvage something. Yeah, no, I, 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 I can understand that, too. But I mean, I think we we really like this team. We liked how they played since the loss against Tampa. Um, you know, now here they are. They're playing the Falcons on Sunday. They got the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Saints. Those are We're going to find out. We're going to find We're gonna, out. This is a stretch. Here's the problem. I think in terms of playoffs, I think it's fair to say no one's going to catch them in terms of the division title. But we're going to find out their ceiling of what they can be at the end of the year. Can they be a team that gets to L.A. for a Super Bowl? Can they be a team that wins a game in the playoffs? That's the question for me. That's what I think the rest of the season is going to show. I don't think anybody uh, – in that division is going to make Dallas pay enough in terms of taking the division away from them. Next up, uh, we got the Vikings and the Ravens. Phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. Uh, both teams just kept going back and forth play. Uh, somehow, uh, Lamar comes back. He leads them to an opportunity to hit the field goal. Tucker drains it. 
Ravens win. Minnesota falls back in the loss column again. Bryce, this is a coach in Mike Zimmer that you have continuously blasted. You believe he is as good as gone, and I'm assuming that this case does not help him. Uh, Caleb, we texted back and forth about it, and it's an absolute joke (laughs) that you want to keep him on staff. What do you mean they rally around it? It's a joke, okay? (laughs) You lose another close game. You're three and five. Your, Your lead running back is abusing women okay there's nothing left if i'm zimmer i would just resign you know it's coming i would just resign just be done with it right okay you need somebody that that can put kirk cousins in a better position to win okay i I, caleb you know uh, hey both of us love kirk cousins we can't say the same about our counterpart zach griffith uh but i like kirk cousins i think he's fine um they just gotta find ways to win these close games and they and they just didn't do it. Yeah. They didn't do it. They let Lamar get control of this game. They let him throw it wherever he wanted. He They let him run wherever he wanted. They let Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell run wherever they wanted. Um, I mean, we're talking about 500. Yeah, yeah. 500 yards of total offense for the Baltimore Ravens. 500 yards on the dot against a head coach who has a defensive background. Caleb, I don't know what more you have to see from this guy. It's sad. Devin, do you, I mean, you talked about it from the Ravens in the sense of Lamar coming out playing the way that he has this season and against the Vikings. But when, you know, we've kind of hammered it from the Ravens perspective as you did. Do you think that the Vikings, you know, in terms of what you see from this team, would you say Zimmer is good as gone? I think it's, I think it's pretty close. I mean, your shining light of the season was with Case Keenum at quarterback. Um, they haven't really been able to do a whole lot with with Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a fine quarterback. I don't think he's Thank a Super you. Bowl winning quarterback, but I think he's a fine quarterback. Uh, I feel like a lot of the things you could do with Kirk Cousins, I, I mean, the Vikings should literally be taking notes from the Titans. That is literally what they yep. should be. Yep. He Kirk Cousins should be like Ryan Tannehill. He doesn't have the wheels for it, but I'm just saying he should be playing like that. Play action, you know, yep. run, 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 play action. Yep. Uh, and it it's just kind of kind of frustrating. I, I could see how Vikings fans would be very frustrated by yeah, sure. by you know what what has been going on the past few years, and um, you know they they got a lot of talent there. Uh, there's they certainly shouldn't be three and five, but no, they shouldn't. I think Mike Zimmer is is probably one of the key cogs and the reason they are. I, I think he's I think he's probably the main reason. Uh, I, I'm at the point where, you know, I was kind of back and forth, like, okay, you know, you know, they did come out, they did compete with them. You know, maybe it was to try to save that narrative of Zimmer should be gone. And then I look through my preps. I'm coming in, I'm prepping for this pod, right? And I'm just like, golly, he's got no reason to stay there. It's insane. You really think about it. You think about how long he's been there. Mike Zimmer has, you know, he is not necessarily this new coach. Okay. He has been a part of the Minnesota Vikings for, I for, for nine seasons, if I'm correct, nine, see 2014, sorry, 2014. He's been there since 2014. This is a thing where, you know, you kind of know what he is. He's not giving you the stuff you need on defense. And you let Stefanski go. And while I'm not the craziest Stefanski guy, Devin, I think he'd play, you know, if he had that Brown system in Minnesota right now, I think they'd look awfully good. 
I think they'd look awfully good with that legit running game and then being able to have the receivers that they have around them. I, I think Minnesota's got to look in the mirror. You know who I'm calling, Bryce? You know who I'm mm. calling next year? I'm calling Kellen Moore next year for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I need, I I need, a, I need, a, I I need a guy that can come in and set me up for understanding how to run the football and use that explosiveness. I need, oh, I need a candidate that can get me that, that type of play. Or if I'm going to go on the defensive side, I need somebody who understands modern schemes. Next up, Raiders and Giants. Giants, somehow. Pull the win over the Raiders. I, I wish I could understand that. Uh, you know, Joe Judge, I think, frankly, is a horrible coach. Uh, Daniel Jones is a horrible starting quarterback. Uh, and somehow, some way, uh, they are they won this game. Uh, I, I, Devin, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm ridiculously low on the Giants. This game doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, I, I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Uh, I, I, I just the way that I see that, I just, I just think the Giants Jeez, are a joke, and I don't, I don't really care that they won 23 16. Oh, I, I, I find this more on the Raiders. I think it's indicting that the Raiders couldn't get a win against the Giants. Uh, what, what are your, what's your perspective here on this game? Uh, I think both of these teams shown have shown exactly who they are. Like the past, I don't know, two seasons. Literally, the Raiders lose games to teams they shouldn't lose to shouldn't lose and them. the Giants win games that they're not supposed to win and, and they never do it in fun fashion by any means it's no, always don't. it's no. always like 19 to 14 or something just something terrible uh <laughs> no but but really I, I agree it it doesn't do much for me with with the Giants and uh you know it's it's it really should be a full clean house this offseason. There's really no way that Thank anybody you, anybody should come back from this. I think it's just yes. a complete reboot. Gettleman needs to get way out of town. He needs to go across <laughs> the country and disappear. Uh, and and <laughs> Danny Jones, I can't I can't even put it on Danny. I mean, he was literally just over evaluated, you know, in the draft. He was he was literally over evaluated. There's there's really not that much. To, I mean, he's he's a great backup quarterback. That's that's how I see it. And uh, Joe Judge, yeah, I I didn't like that from the start. So whatever. But yeah, I mean, the Raiders they obviously coming in into a into a game with a bunch of unfortunate circumstances. Maybe yeah. that kind of weighed on their minds. I'm not totally sure, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see next next this week. Bryce. <laughs> I mean, what is there to say? I think this is a bad loss for the Raiders. I mean, I, this may just – everything may have just caught up to them. You know, they just didn't come in fully prepared for the week. D- uh, David Carr didn't – or not uh, – Derek Carr, sorry, not David no, Carr. Derek Carr didn't really play his best ball. I mean, th- he had the two picks. Um and that, that's really what hurt him because one of those picks went for, for pick six. Uh, Xavier McKinney had actually had both the picks. Um, and that's kind of what won him the game because the Giants were only able to score one touchdown and they were only able to kick field goals. So, I mean, we're looking at the difference in the game as this pick six. So, um, I think if the Raiders know they clean up their mistakes, I think they win this game. And I think that they win games moving forward if they just clean it up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Giants got the early Thanksgiving present. I don't think I think the New York Giants are uh, at this point. You look at their schedule. 
Uh, you know, they're here. They are. They got Tampa Bay next week off the bye. They're getting crushed uh, home against the Eagles. I mean, we're not. We're not. We're not. I mean, I don't know. Give me a pick. Maybe Philly. I mean, the fact is, this is a team that uh, you know. I, I just, I just think the way that they are handling business right now is absolutely hideous. And I think it starts from the front office. I think it goes into coaching, and I think it goes into quarterback. I think they need a completely new regime who can look at things from such a completely different perspective. The Raiders, I am a little concerned, though. I am concerned. This is a team I didn't buy from the beginning, Bryce. I didn't jump on them saying that they were going to be this unbelievable team who could make the playoffs. Okay, but I did think, okay, they are 5-2. and two. They should be able to pick up this win. They didn't. Uh, Derek Carr, two interceptions. I mean, I, come on, Derek. Been good this season. Two picks against the Giants, team I'm insanely low on. Come on, Derek. Uh, the way that I see it is, is just, you know, how are they going to get the production they need when Carr has an off night? There's a lot of pressure on Carr to be arguably a top seven quarterback in the league if they're going to get to the playoffs. If Derek Carr has a bad game, they will lose. Like they, they, they don't have any counter. I mean, you know, they, they don't have a, they don't have a counter. The defense isn't going to make enough stops. The defense is the it's been better, but the defense isn't going to get enough plays to make something happen. This is a game where this defense that's been supposedly playing a lot better, which I think they have been better than most Raiders years, should have been able to step it up. They should have been able to step it up. Daniel Jones, no turnovers. They should have turned Daniel Jones over. You know, granted they thump, they forced the fumble. Okay, but they should have made him throw a pick. I, I I don't like this game at all for a lot of reasons. Uh, but anyhow, uh, Devin, it's a privilege to have you on the Lynn Sanity this week. Uh, next week, uh, we're looking at uh, bringing on a newer guest. In fact, a guest that has never been on a Running Hook podcast platform. Fresh um, meat. Yeah, I, fret, totally fresh. Bryce and I are very excited about this, excited about what could come. Uh, and then we will also be looking to bring on some other guests as well. So, Devin, once again, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. It was a blast uh, talking NFL. I needed to get this out of my system. So, Oh, yeah, you did. You needed to get uh, the Sam Darnold sickness out of your system <laughs> and, and let the people that listen to this podcast digest the hard feelings that you have been, unfortunately, dealing with all season. Without further ado, thank you for listening to the Podcast.